Here's a little song to start the show. It's over now. Let's go. Hey, check, check. Welcome to the podcast, Eureka Point Lighthouse. I'm Brian Jost. I've got the rest of the Eureka Point Lighthouse band here. Say hello. Hey, everybody. I'm Bob. Hi, people. I'm Carl. And this is Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy, speaking of your vocoder that you're using, we got a uh, letter in the mail. Oh, like an actual letter? snail mail, nice. written, handwritten letter. I don't know how this listener got my address. Uh, Jimmy, they put your name on it. Oh, uh, nice. My address, your name, so it's and it's very clearly to you. Here it is. Okay, it says, Dear Jimmy, can you please stop using the vocoder? Uh-oh. I want to hear your real voice. Since you won't let us hear your real voice, my mind automatically created a voice for you, and I'm pretty sure it's inaccurate. I just want to know the truth of what you sound like. Please. Signed, a dedicated fan. Wow. A dedicated fan who has listened to one episode at this point, because this is number two, right? Yes, that's going to be a dedicated and disappointed fan, because I am not going to stop using this vocoder anytime soon. I kind of know what they mean, though. Like, I remember, uh, I don't remember when it was, but I used to listen to uh, um, some... Uh, talk show, uh, radio personality, and I never had seen a picture or video of them and just heard their voice, and I totally thought I knew what they looked like in my head, and then one day I saw them actually on TV, and it totally didn't match, and it like ruined, it ruined it for me, like I didn't want them to look like that, so uh, uh, it kind of makes me think of that. It'd be kind of similar, I guess in this case it'd be uh, hopefully... Maybe they never hear Jimmy's real voice because it will ruin the fake voice they have. But they don't like the fake voice they put in their mind for you. So I don't know what the deal is. Anyway, hey, we got our first letter. Yes, and you can thank me for that, I guess. Yes, thanks, Jimmy. Yeah, I guess thanks. So, so guys, what are we doing on this episode? Is there a song yeah. and like a topic? Yeah, so I, we, Jimmy and I kind of talked about it, about doing, uh, playing Skeletons. Oh, no, no, no. We did that in the last episode. Uh, what's it called? I Am Afraid. The song I Am Afraid. Um, and kind of getting into the topic of anxiety and fear and paranoia and um, some of the some of the dbt stuff maybe oh, like you could you um, yeah you could we could talk about like the emotion mind stuff like uh when you get your mind kind of gets taken over by your fears and emotions and stuff like that maybe yeah and actually what is gonna um i'm not sure if we should do the song first or this other recording i have um a story this thing that i recorded like i don't know a year ago or last summer or something um about that about how about how anxiety and fear can take over and um, mess up your judgment and decisions. Um, maybe I'll play that. No, no, let's do the song first. Yes, let's play the song, I Am Afraid. I agree. Let's play the song and then, Brian, you do your story part. Okay. Um, Jimmy, you got it ready to play? You can start or I'll just play it live. Yeah, I'll just play it here now. All right, got my... Got my guitar turned on? Yes, everything is ready. Give me a little reverb. Okay, reverb on. What is it? I'm afraid of everything. 
I'm afraid to let me sing. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of you. I'm afraid to be myself. I'm afraid to start my mess. I'm afraid I may have to leave. Look at the way the world is now. How can we expect to be okay? I'm afraid I found my voice. I'm afraid to make my choice. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of now. I'm afraid of climate change. I'm afraid to go to work. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of life. Look at the way we fuck things up. Why should I hope we'll get it right? Look at the way the world is now. How can we expect to be okay? All I want is another chance to get things right. Just one more. How I want, all I want, all I want is another try. I'm afraid I have no choice. The time's come to sing to you and look into your eyes. I'm afraid to write the words that I tear in my heart apart. I'm afraid to be myself. Look at the chance we have now to come together and be one. Jeez. You're about to become famous. <laughs> I don't think so, man. I don't think so either. Hey, Jimmy, let's do your story now that you said you recorded before. Yeah, we can do that. And uh, I meant to mention at the beginning, the website, EurekaPointLighthouse.com. I don't know if I need to mention it, because maybe you already know it's... Maybe it's just... Whatever. Anyway, some blog stuff on there. Some more music recordings. Some uh, 
some uh got my memoir information there gonna have gonna be probably putting some more resources on there like some uh books not not my own books but other people's books that we've found helpful related to mental health and uh dpt stuff and some like well we'll update listeners as we get that built up um so this story let me think oh well maybe i'll just play this this bit of audio that i put together um and then maybe we'll chat about it afterwards so yeah all right jimmy you got the file up play when you're ready i have it here we go enjoy everybody We waited too long. It was supposed to be a relaxing evening, an enjoyable sporting event, with families gathering to watch their 4th, 5th, and 6th graders play a rather casual game of baseball. This is the in-house league, not quite as serious as the traveling teams. Anything could happen, and often does. There's the pitch! A fly ball to center field! It's going, going, going! No, it's not a home run. The ball hits the center fielder right in his glove and it bounces out. He tries to grab it with his other hand, but he drops it. The batter is heading to second. The center fielder is standing there, holding the ball, not sure what to do. The parents are quite excited. They are yelling at him, get it in, throw the ball. And finally, he does, but now the batter is almost to third. The ball flies to shortstop. It's almost caught. It's picked up as the batter rounds third without slowing down. Shortstop throws the ball home. The runner slides and it is overthrown. Home run in the park. Home run. Oh, look at the runner celebrate as he heads to the dugout. No, wait, wait. The umpire is saying no home run. No home run. The runner never touched home plate. The catcher runs to the dugout and tags the batter out. It was supposed to be a relaxing evening of baseball. Unfortunately, I was not having a relaxing experience. My mind was on the weather. The night before, severe weather, including a tornado, came through Minnesota. The tornado wasn't close to my home, but it was a disturbing night for me, as I worry too much in general about severe weather. The tornado watch started in late evening, then the tornado warning for our area occurred, and then the watch continued until late night. My son is the only one in the family whose bedroom is in the basement. My wife, daughter, and I had set up temporary sleeping quarters downstairs so we could go to bed without wondering whether or not we needed to get up and rush downstairs at the last second before a tornado hit. I prefer to just start off in the basement and stay there. Back to the game. So this is the second night in a row of severe weather in our area. When I could no longer handle the peer pressure to keep my 11-year-old son, Avery, in his baseball game, despite the tornado watch and severe thunderstorm warning, I hesitantly approached the dugout between innings and told the coach I was taking my kid out of the game and heading home because of the weather. No one else seemed concerned enough about the weather to come even close to leaving the game early. The coaches, the parents of both teams, nobody. Just me. On our way home, I realized we were too late. We should have left earlier. Everyone should have left earlier. The game should have been called off before I had to disappoint my son. Tears rolled down his cheeks as he tried to make sense of why we were the only ones who left the game. Before we could get home, I spotted a funnel cloud ahead, 
directly in our path. It dropped quickly, touching down, ripping trees from the ground with ease as if it were merely popping dandelions from a lawn. I wanted to race ahead towards home, but that would be certain suicide. So I abruptly slowed the car and hopped the curb to my left, crossing the tree-lined grassy median. We nearly hit a tree, which could have left us stuck in the tornado's path, but we made the turn and headed in the opposite direction, our only option at that point. I used the touchscreen on the dashboard to call my wife, but my attempt to call failed. The Bluetooth on my phone was turned off. Damn. I needed to know if my wife and daughter were safe at home yet. They had been at my daughter's softball game nearby. My parents had been at the softball game, too. Before my son and I left the baseball game, my parents sent a text stating they were leaving early because of the approaching severe weather, but not my wife or daughter yet. I went against my rule of not handling my phone while driving and tried to turn on the Bluetooth, and that's when our race to safety ended. As we entered an intersection, another driver coming from my right, who was also in a rush to safety, ran their red light, T-boning us on the passenger side, my son's side. The crash seemed to happen in slow motion. When we settled, I tried to look back at my son, but couldn't turn my neck. I looked to the rearview mirror to see him, but the mirror was gone among the mess of broken glass. I called his name, but there was no response. I called out again and again, but nothing. I couldn't get out of my seat. My legs were pinned. The crash managed to spin our car 180 degrees for a perfect view of the approaching tornado. Total destruction is the simplest way to describe what I saw. Houses seemed to explode. There was almost no empty space. It was a gigantic swirling mass of dirt and debris and it was getting closer. Then we were hit head on by another car racing away from the tornado. I was barely able to lift my head. I still didn't know if my son was alive. I didn't know if my wife and daughter made it home or somewhere else that was safe. As I blinked and tried to see through a stream of blood pouring down my face, I watched a parked car lift off its driveway as it was swiftly hurled directly towards us. My skewed view through the broken glass turned to black as the car hit us directly in the windshield. That was the last thing I remember. The next thing I knew, I was waking up in a hospital bed in a room filled with flowers. My daughter was asleep next to me, and my wife was curled up in a chair with tears streaming down her face. I knew she would have been with our son if he were recovering in another hospital room. But he was not recovering because we waited too long to leave his baseball game. I waited too long. I hesitated. I feared being judged for worrying too much. I waited too long, and now my son is gone. Gone forever, and it is all my fault. But here's the thing. That's not what really happened, at least not all of it. Yes, there was a tornado watch, and there really was a severe thunderstorm warning, and the storm trackers claimed the storm front would hit our area in 20 to 25 minutes. There really was a tornado, but that ended up 
happening in the next city north of where the baseball game took place. And I didn't even hear about that specific tornado until the next day. And it was, a, you know, the weakest tornado you can have in, what is it, uh, EF0? There really had been severe weather the night before and tornadoes in Minnesota. And, and there was even a fatality when, when a grain bin fell on someone's car, I believe, killed them. Uh, it wasn't close to our home, but it was in the same storm system that came through. Uh, we really did have to deal with tornado warnings the night before the baseball game. And uh, so all of this, this bad weather stuff was going on, and I was really worried about it. Um, and this is maybe where there's a difference between someone living with anxiety and someone who's not living with anxiety. And I was a wreck inside. Uh, I could see in my mind what I saw when I was a kid when I watched a funnel cloud come down and touch down and become a tornado. And I remember seeing the, the fork at the bottom of the, of the funnel come down and actually seeing uh, debris being thrown up, swirled about. And this was a view from, from my family's van as we were driving away from the tornado, trying to get home. Uh, and that, that, that visual memory is, just, is still there today. I knew I was worrying more than everybody else there, and I really was the only one who left early. And I did, I did in fact, tell the coaches that I'm going to take Avery home, um, that I thought the weather was going to hit earlier than what we had previously thought. The forecasts were for it to maybe show up an hour or so after the game would end. Um, and then as we were in the game and getting getting towards the end of the game, the the weather alert started looking different and it was it was really was saying, okay, it's gonna hit this area in twenty or twenty five minutes. And I just kind of freaked out and just wanted to get home. Wanted wanted my wife and daughter to get home. I just wanted to be home safe where I didn't have to think about Oh, are we going to be driving in the storm? Are we going to get a flat tire and be stuck out in the storm? Are we going to, you know, I just like to play it safe sometimes. And and it was really difficult to do that, to leave, to pull him out of the game. And he really was upset. He was crying. He didn't understand. And I felt horrible. And then I felt really, really embarrassed afterwards and it felt like a fool i felt like ashamed that my mind kind of loses control and maybe loses grasp of reality loses grasp of the facts and runs uncontrolled into this i don't know creative imaginary world where anything is possible and most of those options are negative, uh, where I'm worrying about things going wrong, 
not excited about possibly wonderful things happening, but more worrying about things going horribly wrong. Um, so I took Avery out of the game. That left only eight players. Um, I think they were only, I think they were up by one run when I pulled them out of the game, and it was down to the last inning, and they ended up losing. Um, so the storm didn't even really hit that area. It ended up veering north and not really being an issue for right where the game was, I don't think, and or our house. Um, but like I say, there really was, it, it really did uh, come with a tornado, and I like, I don't know. I feel like I'm saying that to justify that, oh, it really was severe, and it was. It just, looking back, I could have stayed and been fine, just like everybody else who stayed. But it's pretty maddening that I didn't know how to stay. And I think I could have stayed if I had remembered some of my DBT skills. And maybe I'll get into what skills may have been useful in that situation. Okay, so that's the end of my story about the baseball tornado thing. This would be a good time for like a sound effect so we know that we're transitioning back to our podcast conversation. Or I could just say this. Wow, I don't like hearing my own voice. And That's a good one, though. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, me too. I bet a lot of people can relate to that. Hey, Brian, what else are you afraid of? Um, well, this whole, like, singing thing is a big one. I mean, I know you're the one that's hiding behind the vocoder and having a big problem, but um, I'm having the problem that I'm not hiding behind a vocoder and maybe letting people hear me sing. And I don't know. I keep... I... I uh, I don't know why I don't do this. I keep thinking of of trying to find a real singer to to sing some of these songs um to kind of cover the songs that um that Jimmy has written really. Um like I feel like that could work out, but for some reason I don't do it and I don't know if I'm afraid of trying. And I I don't know. That's I don't know what I'm afraid of. Like everything, I guess. Just kind of like in the song, I am afraid it's like I'm just constantly afraid. I'm afraid of, uh, oh my God, I could just fill in the blank. It sounds with like just about anything. It sounds like to me that you're afraid of answering my question. I know what I'm afraid of. What's that, Carl? I'm afraid of eating eggs right before I go to the gym, especially eggs with uh, garlic salt on them, because then I get these uh, bad. Burps and they stink real bad. Also with broccoli, uh -huh. raw broccoli. And Serious then, stuff. Uh, and then I burp at the gym and people think I farted and I get all embarrassed. So that's what I'm afraid of. Is that fear or is that just uh, like feeling self-conscious? So. I don't I know if that's it's fear. fear. For me, I'm just afraid I'll of it. I think it's just being stupid. Why don't you just go to the gym first and then come home and eat your eggs? Oh, well, yeah, that's what I have to do. But that's just saying, that's what fear does to me. It changes my schedule with my eating. Hey, Bob, what are you afraid of? Oh, I'm mostly afraid of people hearing my stupid poems. Oh, they're not stupid. You should read one. You should read that one about your, uh, like, where's your painting or where's your... It, art? Yeah, it's called Where's My Art? Oh, yeah. Where's My stupid. Art? It's not and stupid. It also has the word fart in it, which makes it seem really, oh, I don't know, immature. Eh, but whatever. Who cares? 
I'll Just read re- it. Yeah, read it. Go for it. Where's my art? Fiddle fart. Where's my art? I left it on the table. I've searched everywhere to find it. I'm unable. Oh, look at that. My pretty art is hanging on the wall. I guess I didn't leave it on the table after all. Hey, we should turn that into a song. Yeah, nice one, Bob. I like that. We can make that into a song. Yes. Maybe for next episode or something. If we were really good, we could do it right now on the fly. Yeah. Just make some songs as we go. But then we'd all be like DJs. Jimmy, you could be DJ Jimmy J. J-, J- DJ Jimmy J. DJ Jazzy J. J. Something. There's not a single DJ here, so let's just play some other song that we already have recorded. Play one. Jimmy, play one of yours. That uh, that we posted on the on the blog. Um, okay. There's that one that I like called. Oh my God! What is it? I think it's I love my bed. Oh yes, there's I love my bed. Uh, I made that in 2018. I think the blog post with that song was in uh, I don't know January 3rd, 2022. It looks like I see it right now. We can end on that. Uh, goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening, everyone. Check out the website, EurekaPointLighthouse.com. Uh, goodbye. Thanks for listening. Bye, everybody. Bye, people. Oh, I forgot to mention also just uh, mental health resources. Uh, so for a crisis, uh, suicide and crisis lifeline is 988. And then if you need some mental health resources, um Support, education, public awareness, advocacy. I wanted to mention NAMI, National Alliance on Mental Illness, online at uh, nami.org, N-A-M-I. All right, music. <laughs>